Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Monday, September 20th. It's Election Day. We begin with a conversation with Global News political reporter Amanda Connolly. Amanda gives us details on how the leaders of the major parties spent the last weekend ahead of today's vote. Next, are you planning on voting today? And if you're not, why not? We speak with Samantha Roosh, executive director of the group Apathy is Boring, to explain why some Canadians can't be bothered to cast their vote and what can be done to combat the lack of interest. Does it seem like your teen is always tired? We hear details on a new study from the Attention Behavior and Sleep Lab out of McGill University that examines the unique sleep requirements of teenagers and how the pandemic may have actually promoted healthier sleep habits for the age group. And finally, it's our weekly segment aimed at helping you live your best life. Today on Motivational Monday, we meet author and mindfulness expert Jenny Mannion. Jenny shares some timely tips on how to focus on you as September happens to be self-care awareness and self-improvement month. Election Day is upon us and with a breakdown of what the leaders will be doing today and when we can expect results to be in, we are joined now by Global's political reporter, Amanda Connolly. Good morning to you, Amanda. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you for taking the time. Appreciate it. Uh, what uh, do we expect to see from the leaders today? So certainly a little bit of a quieter day for the leaders today than compared to uh, over the last 48 hours. They were certainly in a bit of a mad dash across the country, both with virtual and in-person events over the weekend, really focusing on that get out the vote, uh, kind of last minute appeal to voters. Today's a little bit quieter. They will be voting um, in in uh, person. Liberal leader Justin Trudeau and Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole will be voting in their home ridings in Ontario and in Quebec. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh did vote uh, previously in advanced polls, so we will not see him voting in person today but again really focusing on mobilizing that get out the vote that ground game that we know is so important to uh, particularly in close elections like we know this one's going to be here uh, making sure folks are actually getting out to the ballot booth and voting we know it has been tight with the lead changing in this race right from the start do we expect any chance of a majority government coming out of this election today well, you know, the fun thing about Canadian politics is you can never say never. Yeah. There is always the potential to be surprised here. So I think certainly nobody would rule that out at the moment. Uh, looking at the polls, though, that came in uh, late last night, we saw from a couple of a couple of pollsters numbers that s- appear to suggest we are heading towards a minority government again. Uh, a lot of that, though, I expect will likely come down to voter turnout, right? When people stay home, when they choose not to vote. Um, we know that that can have a big impact on which way it will go. And, and you need a really strong turnout often as well uh, for the Liberals in particular to get a majority government with the Conservatives. Uh, they, they may be able to do it with numbers a little bit lower. But uh, just kind of looking at, at the past patterns here, you, you, uh, if the Liberals are hoping for a majority, they're really going to be focusing on getting folks out to vote. Let's talk about the, this election like we've never seen before amidst the pandemic. The fourth uh, wave obviously gripping, particularly here in Alberta. Uh, usually we get the results pretty quick when it comes to these elections. But we got a lot of folks at the advance polls, a lot of mail-in uh, votes as well. Will that impede the results or will they come in in different waves, if you will? 
Yeah, people should definitely expect that it could take a little bit longer to get results this time around. Normally, you're right. We tend to see them coming in fairly quickly once polls close, particularly the polls closing here in the east of Canada. Uh, it's likely this time or it's probable this time that we could see uh, a number of kind of key close ridings taking several days, potentially up to four days for some of those to be projected and actually called uh, just because of the mail-in ballots and, and the potential for very, very close races there. Uh, what effect that will have on the ability to actually project a potential winner tonight, again, is is tough to say with any certainty at the moment because we have seen, uh, again, the, the mail-in ballots were a little bit lower than expected so far, and, and we really are waiting to gauge that voter turnout and whether there will be clear results from uh, from that turnout tonight. So uh, certainly, though, I would say, you know, I expect it to take a couple of days. Like it, That is certainly uh, very possible this time around, and, and if not, uh, folks might just be pleasantly surprised if it goes quicker than they expect, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thanks so much for the update, Amanda. Appreciate it. Pleasure. Thank you. That is Amanda Connolly, political reporter for Global News. And just a reminder, polls are open until 7.30 yes. this evening. And if you're in line before that 7.30, even if that lineup goes till 8, 8.39, maybe a stretch, but don't worry, you will get in to vote as long as you're in line by the 7.30 mark. Just make it count. And of course, uh, by 7.30, you'll be uh, before 7.30 in that line at 7 p.m. on the dot here. On 770 mm. CHQR, election coverage in full swing. And I'm wondering, Sue, do you have any, this could be a question for the listeners, any election day traditions? Um, a, do you bring your kid uh, with you, your child, to see what it's all about, learn mm-hmm. that process? Because I don't. I never went with my parents. I was always wondering what it looked like, what went yeah. on behind the scenes. Good point. Um, you know, because back in the day, uh, people didn't talk about who they voted for. No. It was very private. It was very hush-hush. It was not so, you know, it was spoken about as it is today. So I don't remember. I know I know how my parents voted because they were very big. My family in Toronto, very big into the Conservative Party in yes. Ontario. So I know how they voted, but we never went to the polls with them. I always do try to take my kids. I did go to the advance poll this time, so I did mm-hmm. it during the day while they were in school. But normally, you know, if, if nothing else, we'll have a discussion about it. Do you guys at home? Yeah, absolutely. We'll have discussions. And I mentioned that, you know, particularly my junior high, they're having the election today, the mock election in mm, okay, grade, yeah, uh, yeah, grade yeah. 7 to 9. But, uh, but, you know, bigger picture, and I know that a lot of uh, Calgarians or Canadians or well, anybody across North America for that matter will have, like, for example, Oscar parties where they watch the Academy mm-hmm. Awards have some fancy food. Well, really? perhaps we're doing tonight? no, not tonight. They're is not it, no, because uh, like the Academy wa- Awards are earlier in the year. Uh, but my whole no, point I meant is for the watching that, this one. Yawn. Think, well, whether or not you watch the whole thing, I think mm-hmm. it's important to engage your kids yeah. and say, "This is Agreed. where we live. We're inundated by U.S. politics, but you can watch and see what's going on. We got it full coverage on global television with our partners as well, and get some insight. Have that conversation. Yeah, are you ready to vote? If not. What's holding you back? Joining us right now is Samantha Roosh, Executive Director of Apathy is Boring. Good morning to you, Samantha. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Before we get into what would make somebody, uh, you know, take the apathetic path when it comes to their right to vote as a Canadian or for any nation for that matter, um, let's break down what your organization does. What is Apathy is Boring? Apathy is Boring, we're an organization that focuses on ink. Hello there. We Samantha? lost you, Samantha. Samantha? Hmm. Oh, we'll try and get her back. Yeah, we won't be apathetic. We're going to really go no. forward. We care. A little bit of a We're phone issue in. this morning. We're having some uh, just kind of technological issues this morning. Maybe there's something in the air, it being <laughs> election day. Oh, there day. you are. Oh, so sorry about that. <laughs> hey, can you start again, Samantha? Tell us about what you do. 
I'm so sorry about that. Um, so Abdi is Boring, we're an organization that focuses on engaging young people in Canada's democracy. So we do a lot of work around elections, but we also do year-round programming that focuses on more community-based work, um, educational resources, that kind of thing. So what is it? What is it that says, uh, you know, you stop somebody from making their vote count? Can you give us some sort of an idea from your research and what you do? Yeah. So with young people specifically, we find a lot of the barriers that they face when it comes to participating in elections are really motivational in nature. So um, whether it's that they feel that they don't know enough or don't understand enough about our system um, or whether or not they, they sort of have a sense that politicians, political parties, um, candidates are sort of all the same. They don't like them. They don't feel that they care about them uh, and their perspectives. Uh, more often than not, we find that the, those are kind of the barriers that young people face. How do we motivate an apathetic voter in our life, whether it's a young person or an older person? What do we do? How do we kick their butts to get out to the polling station today? Well, one of the best ways that you can um, you can sort of encourage someone to participate often, it's quite simple. It's just a matter of asking. Many people have never really been asked to participate or told that their vote matters. So that's a really good place to start. Um, you can also sort of help set them up with a with a plan. There are in this election, we had obviously a lot of different ways that we could vote given the pandemic. Um, as of today, the only way you can still vote is to vote at your Elections Canada uh, uh, designated polling station. But uh, making a plan, asking, trying to figure out what exactly is blocking them from doing it and sort of taking the time in a relationship with that person to to talk them through what's what's what the barrier is that they're facing and and sort of take the time to uh to address that with them so uh, just to be clear when it comes to um, apathy is boring there's no political affiliation whatsoever Who, who's behind the organization when it comes to funding an organization yeah we're a nonpartisan organization we have diverse funding sources um government grants that sort of thing um but yeah we're nonpartisan. we're not focused on the outcome of the elections we really are just focused on who's deciding it and long-term that our democracy is um, equitable and, and thriving. Mm-hmm. I love that we're getting lots of texts of people that take their kids to the, the polling booth with them and, mm-hmm. and teach them from an early age. And I think that's a, a great way to stave off apathy. So thanks so much for joining us. Important organization. Appreciate it, Samantha. Thank you so much for having me. Samantha Roosh is the executive director of Apathy is Boring. You want to see more? Go online, apathyisboring.com. More sleep boosts teens' ability to cope with pandemic-related issues. That's according to a new study from McGill University. With more, we're joined this morning by Dr. Root Gruber, who is psychologist and professor in the Faculty of Medicine at McGill University and the Director of Attention, Behavior and Sleep Lab at Douglas Mental Health University Institute. Good morning to you, Professor. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Now, anytime we can talk about the ability to manage, especially through this pandemic, it's really important to talk about it. And even more so when it helps our young people who've definitely had a tough go this past year and a half. So let's talk about your study to begin with. What were you looking for when you began the study? Well, I'll give you the brief version, but when we started the study, we were in pre-pandemic universe. So our initial goal was we do typically... um, School-based interventions, we help students understand how to um, improve and get a good sleep. So we measured everything related to sleep. And as you know, the pandemic was announced on March 12 of 2020, which is exactly when we finished just getting our baseline information. 
So what we did, we transitioned into a different study and we went back to the same students, given that we have all this very detailed information to see whether and what about their sleep was going to be predictive of their level of stress during the pandemic. So this is what we wanted to do. And the findings, it was a kind of a flip-flop of these teens who perhaps did not get the required amount or you know, quality sleep that had changed for them. Is that correct? Correct. So it was kind of astounding to see that um, in a way there was a silver lining, you know, because we saw that um, really a, a significant proportion of adolescents were now able through COVID when school started late and were remote, they were actually able to get longer sleep and they were mostly within the recommended amount of sleep. So this was a good positive change. It was also a delayed schedule. I mean, there were starting later, which allowed them to go to sleep later, but still get enough sleep. So this was really a positive finding. What is it about sleep? Is it just brain function? Is it, you know, regenerating the body kind of thing? Or what is it exactly that helps and and why specifically young people? Yeah, so if we had a week, I would have been (laughs) able to sleep. But the very brief version is that, yeah, all of what you said is relevant. The the sleep is kind of... um, um, a physiological process that our brain and body use for a variety of things in between um, working on our immune system to make us actually more um, able to cope with physical illness, um, allowing us to finish processing. Like what you do during the day, you gather a lot of information. At some point, your brain has to organize, file, you know, understand what it belongs with. So we do it when we're asleep. Um, it does clean our brain. If we need to have some sort of um, recycling function, and, and sleep does that for us. So it cuts across physical, mental, emotional, cognitive functions, and this is why it's so critical. And even more so in adolescence, where we know the teenagers have so many developmental tasks. They have to develop their emotional regulation, their cognitive functioning, their physical strength. So. Sleep is just their best friend during this developmental phase. Dr. Gruber, this is something we, we discussed on the program, it seems like a couple of weeks ago, just throwing out, we were you know reminiscing about our own high school days, how tired we were during exactly. the afternoon. Is this something that we could, that you'd like to see the data used toward as far as looking at that structure of high school and maybe dif- differing the hours to have success for these teens? Absolutely. I mean, one, one of the key findings that is related to this was that Um, you know, in the context of COVID and everybody's concerns about students' mental health, even putting aside academics, what we saw was that the students that had less sleep during pre-COVID and had um, some um, habits at bedtime that we tried to help them change, these were more of these habits and less sleep were predictive of them perceiving much higher level of stress. And we know when teenagers are Stressed, um, one, it's not good, and two, it's actually many times a trigger for both physical and mental illnesses. Mm. So, um, yes, I think what we can see here, and, you know, the truth is it's not new. It's just like another, you know, uh, piece of evidence that you can't argue with is that students' physiology is such that they go to bed later and they need to wake up later. And given that society now is changing, I believe this is a wonderful opportunity to say, you know, if this is what works better for them, help protecting them against a variety of things, 
and make them just just a little more happy and less stressed and less tired, like you were describing. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't we try to make it like our just status quo? So yes, I think we do need to make changes, and I think it's just the best opportunity now. Important information. Thank you so much for sharing. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you. You too. Dr. Ruth Gruber, professor, psychologist, Department of Psychiatry at McGill University. It's time to give yourself the love and attention you deserve. Jenny Mannion, international best-selling author, mindfulness and self-love expert and founder of Love 365, joins us this morning for Vote Motivational Monday. Good morning, Jenny. Thanks for being with us. Good morning, Sue. So nice to be here. Okay, so it really perfect time to chat with you because September is International Self-Care Awareness and Self-Improvement Month. And I think it's a good time. You know, we're back to school. People are back to work. We've got elections going on. How important is it these days that we really kind of give ourselves that little bit of extra time just to, for some self-care? I don't think it's ever been more important, honestly. It is very important, and it's it's not so hard to do that. Yeah, Jenny, it's interesting because, you know, we're go, go, go. You've got to reach for the top, keep up with the Joneses. To a certain extent, is it an uphill battle to get that time you personally need because it's, you know, considered maybe selfish outside looking in? It's got to be a tough go when we all want to strive and reach for the top. Yeah, well, there's... There's two things there. One, it doesn't have to be that we're spending hours and hours on ourselves. Even little windows of time that I'll talk about can be used to really start to shift our mindset. And it's really not selfish, just as flight attendants tell us to put our own mask on first before putting it on our child or our loved one. We really need to take care of ourselves if we are going to be able to help the people around us. Great reminder. Jenny, I know you've got three tips for our listeners to get them started off on this Monday and maybe carry them right through the week and beyond. So tell us what you've got to to help us be better about this. Sure. Well, the first thing is little windows of time. My favorite meditation time is the shower. Even if you're a busy mom or dad, usually your kids will give you that time in the shower for yourself. Usually we are going over our to-do list or a grocery list, but it really can be a beautiful, mindful, self-aware time. So feel the water going down your skin. Like Imagine it washing down the negativity down the drain thank yourself for this new day and also maybe bring to mind a loving moment we have no trouble going to the moments that don't bring us joy but why not bring up a happy memory and really sink into that in the shower bring up a time where you're smiling or something that makes you feel good the second is gratitude for yourself giving yourself gratitude for maybe a quality you like about yourself maybe you're a good worker you show up for people a hobby you have you love to cook just put your hands on your heart and thank yourself for this one thing and it really makes us feel more empowered rather than disempowered and again we could do this just as we wake up in the morning when we're going to sleep or in the shower and the next is the the first thing that I give my clients is really to come up with a list of 10 things that bring us joy and peace it can be little things it can be making yourself a cup of hot tea or reading for 15 minutes taking a walk around the block stepping outside for five minutes in nature blasting our favorite song dancing around the kitchen doodling for five ten minutes just know what brings you peace flow and joy and writing that list down if you're in a moment of maybe not feeling so good you can go to that list and one of those things will resonate and promise yourself you're going to do one of those things from your list each day 
like that. So it's interesting. You mentioned list. You mentioned, you know, uh, getting out for that five minutes, even in the shower. All of these things, to a certain extent, uh, Jenny, as we want to, you know, be caring and taking some time, it seems to me you, you've got to be on the ball and, and, and be cognizant and, and basically schedule your free time. Yeah, and know that you are worth it. And if we keep going and going, we are going to be either physically or mentally exhausted or both, or start to feel resentful. And we really want to nurture ourselves so we feel good, we feel empowered, and we can show up more for the people around us. And we truly are resilient beings if we just give our our bodies, our souls, the time to be resilient. And I know you have a history of, you know, some diseases, some illnesses over the years as well, that you've taken the time to do that for yourself. So you're living proof that if we just do that self-care, we can be better and, and get better. Absolutely. Our mind-body connection is so important and so strong. And usually we only pay attention to parts of our body if they start to mm-hmm. not act the way we want them to. But show our body love. Self-care is mind, body, and spirit. So really taking care of each of those aspects of ourselves. And when you say that, to me it seems what stood out, Jenny, was the fact that it's super subjective. What is relaxing and introspective and unplugging for me might be different for you or anybody else. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, some people might love to run around, you know, or dance, blast music. Other people might like to sit and doodle or journal or write. Some people like going out in nature. Mm. It is, it's beautiful that we all have our own gifts and our own loves. And when we do those things, that is really what brings us more to our soul in the present moment and gets us away from our ever-talking mind that usually isn't very positive. There's no right or wrong answer. You just have to find what works for you. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Jenny. Appreciate your Motivational Monday chat. Thank you, Sue and Andy, so much for having me. Thanks for being with us. Jenny Mannion is an international best-selling author, mindfulness and self-love expert, and founder of Love 365. You can get more information at JennyMannion.com. What is it for you? Because, you know, you're, you're a busy guy. I, I have a busy life. We all have a busy life. Yeah. But you've got four kids to keep you busy. There's always something on the go for most of us. Yeah. What is it for you that you take a little, even if it's a couple of minutes a day? Do you? Well, for me, I, it's, I mean, I have to have an alarm set at all times, even when I get home, because I have pickups and drop-offs mm. and getting this ready and that ready. Uh, but to, to put down my phone, to not have a TV on and know that the alarm will get me where I want to go, whether or not I sleep, but just that time to do nothing yeah and it's 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 it's, sometimes it's laying on the couch sometimes it might just be sitting in the car as you know oh absolutely quiet yeah quiet is very important when you live among a million people that's why i love hiking i've only started hiking in the last you know year or so and that's why i love it because you can go with you go by yourself you can go with a friend you can talk you cannot talk and just to be out in nature breathing fresh fresh air and nothing other than yeah. the sounds of birds or, you know, whatever's underfoot. I find it extremely peaceful. And I think those people who haven't taken advantage of camping or, you know, believe it or not, Sue, a lot of people consider camping just in that 38-foot motorhome or whatever it might be. <laughs> Glamping. There's still something, you know, whether or sure. not it's the, the propane running or to be to tent. And I know it's it's not as maybe as cushy when it comes to the, the bedding and stuff, but to lay in a tent when there's absolutely mm. no, no hum of any mm-hmm. electronics whatsoever, that silence. Or a hammock in how, your backyard. Oh, how, you know, if you've been in the city your entire life, how often do you get that chance to hear nothing? It's, it's, it's almost unsettling at first to get used to it. Yeah. But yeah, the, the silence, 
Um, but besides that, a good meal for me, like, uh, you know, uninterrupted because that doesn't happen right. too often. <laughs> That's true. Water the for simplicity, me. Simplicity though. Water I like to me. sit, okay, I like to sit in, in the bath or a hot tub or a shower even, but water, water, music, and then hiking. Those are, I think my three, well, they're, they're a big deal for me. The other thing that I, I took away from Jenny's convo was when she mentioned the shower and the meditation, I took the transcendental meditation course a million mm. years ago and meditation comes in all shapes and sizes. You don't have to be in a structure. What is it that you consider, you know, looking within and being introspective and having that opportunity to, to really look at your own thoughts. Yep. Could be a shower, could be the hike, like you say. Well, whatever it is, we'd love to hear what it is for you because maybe we can share, maybe you've got something different that you do. We'll share it with everybody else. Let us know what's your place or thing that you do just to get that little bit of peacefulness and, and recharge. 403-974-8255. And I think that on uh, this day, Election Day, maybe more than ever, that's oh, self-care and time. You're not time kidding. to pull over. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 5.30 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.